Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Grit. It's what enables an individual to persevere in accomplishing a goal despite obstacles, barriers and ceilings placed in their way. Over and over again on SEN This is Grit with Daisy Pearce Welcome to This is Grit from Victoria Police Victoria Police is now recruiting Apply Now My guest this week is Tiana Ernst AFLW player and obstetrician one of the hardest workers I know She's going to take us inside her crazy, busy and rewarding life Tiana Ernst. All right, so I've just touched down in Brisbane and I'm in the home of Tiana Ernst. Now, Tiana, for those that don't know, is a obstetrician and an AFLW player, which is pretty darn impressive and we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, I think the best way to set the scene for this one is to read out the text message exchange that happened in trying to organise <laughs> the logistics of this This Is Grit episode. And this is Tiana's message, I'll read out. (laughs) Hey, what time will you get in? I'm working 7.30 till 4.30 both days. I have gym Monday before work and running Tuesday morning. Either day is fine if they work for you. And then I replied and we established that I'm coming Monday. I could pick you up from the airport if you like. (laughs) I'm operating Monday Arvo, which can sometimes get delayed, but I should be done by then. So... The things that I gleaned from that, Tiana, is that you pack a lot in. Yeah, not <laughs> Be- much spare time, that's for sure. <laughs> because I don't think before work even exists for people that start work at 7.30, <laughs> before work to go running or go to the gym, that is. And the third thing is that you're very humble and no fuss because within all that you still offered to come and pick me up from the airport, which I wouldn't allow, <laughs> but very kind of you oh. for, to offer. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for having um, coming days. It's really nice to have you here and obviously I haven't seen you for a little while, so it's great to catch up. Now, is this a normal schedule, like that, that little taste that I've just given people with that was your Monday and Tuesdays? Yeah, it's pretty standard for me at the moment. Um, obviously, things can happen at work sort of without notice. Your eight-hour shift turns into a 12-and-a-half-hour, 13-hour shift. Uh, then you've got to try and obviously fit in training and, and competing as well on top of that. But, yeah, it's pretty standard for me at the moment. We'll delve deeper into that as we go, I'm sure. But for those that don't know you this person yeah. affectionately known within aflw circles as doc yeah which is very creative <laughs> and very um it's pretty original original <laughs> that's the word i'm looking for yeah. tell us about your parallel careers yeah well it's, oh, it's pretty parallel very very different so obviously um I'm a, I'm a doctor i've been a doctor for now uh nearly nine years and uh, obviously training to be obstetrician and gynecologist but also i'm obviously trying to be the best elite athlete I can be and have competed in the AFLW for the last three seasons for the Western Bulldogs. And with a bit of a career move professionally, moving to Brisbane for my um, work in obstetrics and gynaecology, I've now uh, actually signed on with the Gold Coast Suns inaugural AFLW team for the 2020 season. So training up and getting ready to yeah join the Suns this year. I want to talk about your big move up here to yep. Brisbane and what that's looked like for you. But we got a taste of it earlier, but what does a normal week look like if there is such a thing as normal? Yeah, look, it's... Take oh, us through it. Because I know when you ask busy people this question, you probably gloss over half of it because it has become your normal. Yeah. But 
Give us a picture of just how much you pack in. To be honest, you, don't, you sort of forget actually how much you, you can actually fit into a day and it's pretty amazing, particularly between the hours of 5 o'clock and 7.30 before I start work, actually how much you can fit in. But yeah, look, it's pretty much a you know Monday to Friday work plus sometimes working on the weekends as well. Training during the week, I'm usually at the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning, so that's a 4.30 a.m. wake up uh, to get to the gym. I made my wake up time and have a quick coffee and something to eat pretty efficient now because I don't <laughs> need to try and maximise my sleep time before getting to the gym. Uh, and then home, have breakfast, a shower obviously, and then I generally ride my bike to work and hit the ground running at 7.30 and that could be operating, it could be clinic, it could be any number of things at work and you sort of never really know what your day is going to going to bring and then in the afternoon the main thing at the moment is daylight hours which will dictate as to whether or not I do any running or training sessions in the evening or any sort of scheduled sessions with the with the football club but trying to get some running in in the afternoon and then usually it's eating and then hitting the sack as as soon as I can. I'm out and exhausted and, and asleep before my head sort of really hits the pillow. You mentioned eating and my mind goes there. <laughs> it probably says something about my mind but how do you manage to maintain a healthy diet amongst all that? Because I, I think for me, and I know it's probably, if you can hear that, that's Mesa, yes, the greyhound, sorry. drinking water in the background. <laughs> Hi, Mesa. Hi, Mesa. <laughs> Somewhere in there you must find time to walk her as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mesa loves the running sessions in the afternoon. Oh, true. And, and thankfully she's, a, she's a, a pretty good keen runner, so really nice running companion, and I might even bring her tomorrow morning, actually, when we go for a run, <laughs> and she'll appreciate that as an early morning session. Um, the first thing that goes for me when I'm tired yeah. um, is probably diet yeah. and cooking. How do you manage to eat well? Um, Organisation, so that's probably the first thing. So Sunday night before, you know, obviously the, the week ahead, trying to make sure that I've got organised and I've got nutritious foods within the house but like even today looking at my sort of schedule today I think I probably failed on the diet point not from the point of eating unhealthily or not eating you know well enough but that I didn't eat enough Mm. Um, and that's just because of the busy day that you have so I always make sure that when I try and maximize my diet when I do have time to eat but um just that organisation and just trying to scoff as much in as you can when you do have the time is probably the thing that sort of gets me through at the moment. I want to read out another text message that we've exchanged. (laughs) Now, if you're wondering why there's so much exchanging of text messages, Tiana and I have known each other for a while and met properly probably at Box Hill Hospital in our professional lives, doing the same caesarean (laughs) shift. I was a midwife and Tiana the doctor um, passing yeah a baby yeah across the across the room (laughs) it was funny one monday shift after a sunday game where darabin had played diamond creek i remember you passing me a baby and i just thought yesterday we were like bashing and crashing around in the mud and today you're delivering someone's baby and i'm the second person to hold it it was pretty special oh yeah the text message i kind of asked how your new job was going at night one and a lot of this won't mean much to people that aren't in the obstetric field, but you'll get the sense of what a week at work <laughs> looks and sounds like for Tiana. Night one, primip, 29 weeks, P-prom, choreo and major placenta previa, ended in a Caesar and four litre PPH. Night two, classical Caesar at 24 weeks with severe help syndrome. Night three, absent fetal movements, diagnosed FDIU, 35 weeks. Uh, acute fatty liver in pregnancy super sick and it goes on and on and on in that vein (laughs) for every night of the week I think that's a pretty standard night for you up here with the job that you're doing at the moment in Brisbane but I want to know like with that sort of high pressure job because knowing what all that means that is a big week at work Mm -hmm. 
life and death stuff Mm. how do you find the energy and motivation after a day at work where that's your reality to go and play football (laughs) yeah I think it probably also becomes a bit of a therapeutic outlet from work so you know medicine is a really high pressured field and I have lots of my colleagues that are struggling with stress and pressure and I guess just the burden which our, our job does you know put on our shoulders and I find that exercise particularly in the endorphin rush and particularly the teamwork that comes with footy is something that I totally forget about what I'm doing during the day as a doctor and I can just just enjoy being an athlete and the and the success that you can bring you know you can get be um working together as a group and it just allows me to totally forget about all those pressures and stresses at work and as I said it becomes sort of quite therapeutic and I don't think I could be as a successful doctor without my my obviously athletic career as well because I think they probably complement each other very well and in some regards is it is there been has there ever been a time where it has kind of just jumped up at you in the middle of trying to perform in football or maybe vice versa where you've been trying to perform in your job and football things of probably neck injuries or like head injuries in the middle of the football game particularly at community level all of a sudden I'm probably the most qualified person at the actual field to be able to deal with it and I sort of automatically sort of click into doctor mode and sort of you know worry about the the well-being of your fellow you know player or the teammate and just to make sure that they're okay and that they're not too injured so there's been a couple of times that I've stopped being a player and I've sort of aided in in those circumstances but probably at work obviously thinking about my hunger and about oh I've got a Gym I session after this, this, I should be yeah. eating this. So I, that's probably yeah. the thing which can get pretty challenging. And I had a six-hour operation today, and in the middle of it, my fellow surgeon said, "Look, I'll keep doing this for a bit. How about you go and have a five-minute break and have <laughs> something to eat?" So I quickly went and scoffed some food down, and then re-scrubbed mid-surgery. And mid-surgery. How did um, the patient feel about this? Oh, she was asleep. She was fine, and it was a great <laughs> How outcome. How would she if, if she was awake? Well, I think she'd like to know that her surgeons are, are well fueled and have have good amount of energy because it was a difficult operation. But um. Yeah, there's times like that that you sort of, I think you probably forget about that other thing you're trying to balance and trying to be the best athlete. And with that comes, obviously, you know, diet, hydration and rest. And I don't know if I get that right all the time, but I'm just trying to do my best, really. You're listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Up next, Tiana explains how she manages to juggle study, surgery and sport and what inspired her to risk it all to move across the country to chase her footy dream in Victoria. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. My guest this week is football wonder woman Tiana Ernst. She's an obstetrician and a star of the AFLW. So, Tiana, we first met at Box Hill Hospital where we both worked, exchanging babies in an operating (laughs) theatre. But you weren't originally from Victoria. Uh, You're from far north queensland how does a far north queenslander and a female far north queenslander end up playing australian rules football i mean there's probably plenty of rugby players that have been churned out of there but (laughs) probably not so many australian rules football yeah it's look it's um yeah few and far between us that's for sure um Look, I, I loved playing sport growing up and ran into some footy girls uh, when I was at university studying at James Cook University in Cairns at the time. And I just really picked up the game and my natural athleticism for, you know, I did a lot of track and field growing up, a bit of soccer, but I don't know, there was nothing quite like AFL. And I wasn't from an AFL family. All my brothers played rugby league and I, I just did a little athletics and just did running and 
and just dabbled with different types of sports. But it was just something that once I was on the footy field that, I don't know, the team dynamic, the athleticism and that you could play in so many different positions and, and make an impact on the game and on for your team that just really made me addicted. And obviously with my you know love for sport and trying to be the best athlete I could be, trying to be a junior doctor at the time. And I went chasing a dream when Gillen McLaughlin announced that he'd create a AFLW uh, competition by 2017 and I was a junior doctor at the time working at Ipswich Hospital I thought well, why can't I go to Melbourne and play in the best competition that was available at the time which was in Victoria and yeah so I, I told my family look I'll go down to Melbourne for 12 months and uh, stayed down there for five years and yeah that's sort of what sort of started it and then obviously continued to work as a, as a doctor and, and played in the VWFL which was it was known at the time and off that got drafted to the Western Bulldogs and that's sort of the start of history, I guess. This is what I've loved about doing these chats is yeah. even when I've caught up with people yeah. that I know really well, I still find out mm. stuff that I didn't know previously. I thought that you came to Victoria for a job opportunity yeah. and started well, that... playing at football because you were here, not yeah. not the other way around. So yeah. well, talk probably... us through that. So you're yeah. a, a doctor, which forgive my ignorance if I'm off the mark but yeah. we all I guess a lot of us would put that up there as a pretty prestigious and esteemed job to hold and pretty financially lucrative mm. so with all of that ticking along perfectly yeah you went and chased a yeah, pipe just, dream really yeah, at the time it really was a pipe dream and I had no idea where it was going to lead me all I knew is particularly at the end of high school was that I loved sport and I would have loved to have gone to the London Olympics 20, um, I think it was uh, 2018 was the London Olympics and I would have loved to have um, competing there and uh, just that I guess that addiction to elitism in, in sport was something that I didn't want to let go of and medicine could have totally consumed me and it has consumed a lot of my my colleagues and it becomes their entire life but I was pretty determined to not let that happen so yes I did actually go to Victoria because of a job opportunity mm. but secretly in the back of my mind I was thinking well maybe I could play footy and it was a good job and, well, opportunity yeah, it was it would take you to footy exactly as well. <laughs> so it was just I guess the best of both worlds and I had really no expectations as to obviously how it would lead to my professional career advancements um, but also actually how it would lead to me playing in the AFLW. I just thought, no, nah, I'll go down there and play against these amazing players. I actually remember playing against you in the um, 2000 and, uh, 2013 state uh, national c- competition. Mm. Victoria absolutely smashed Queensland, and I, I played uh, against you and Meg Hutchins and uh, Karen Paxman, and you guys just absolutely tore us apart. And I was inspired by your athleticism, but not only that, but the way that you were able to, the skill that you had playing the football and I thought I'm going to go play with those girls down there and and learn learn from you guys and and obviously with that came me sort of improving I guess my footy and and I think that's probably been the biggest thing that allowed, led me to be able to be drafted. Hmm. So did the little grade prep Tiana you know how you always had to fill out the what do you yep. want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Do you remember filling out did you want to be a doctor did you want to be a footballer an athlete or no, something I think I wanted to else swim or both? With, yeah I think I wanted to swim with dolphins. <laughs> I just swim with them. I don't know. That sounds yeah, like look, a pretty, um, yeah. pretty secure job. <laughs> Coming, yeah, I know that sounded like a great idea. I, I didn't come from a family of doctors. All my, you know, my parents were teachers. You know, they had to work hard um, to earn a living. And I had f- four brothers as well. So we didn't come from a very well-off family. And I sort of I had really no ideas other than that I loved sport was that I also liked science. And I guess obviously with biology and 
wanting to swim with dolphins came the, the understanding of biology and chemistry and I guess that's probably how I sort of got into medicine it was my mum that actually encouraged me to apply for medicine and I, I sort of didn't really know what I was doing there the first couple of years of med school I was still trying to figure out is this what I wanted to do and then I started to actually have patient contact and be able to deal with patients conditions and be able to see the I guess the satisfaction and the um I guess how humbled you can be by making a difference in people's lives uh, and that's where I got hooked and I was like yes this is the right career for me I can make a difference here and that's sort of how I sort of end up evolving it and then obviously probably being a bit of a feminist going into obstetrics and gynecology uh, and the adrenaline rush which oh, again being in yeah, a bit of a sport addict as well came with obstetrics and gynecology that was sort of the the perfect mix for me. We're catching up with Tiana Ernst, who's not a dolphin trainer. She's an <laughs> AFLW player and an obstetrician, managing yeah. to juggle both. What study was involved in your medicine career? Yeah, so or it's it's ongoing, I believe, yeah, which ongoing, is a point of contention with ongoing, your partner. Please remind me never to go and do any more <laughs> masters. I've done enough study for now. Look, I finished high school, went straight into university, an undergraduate medical degree, six years at university. So 17, fresh out of high school, went to university graduated pretty young as a doctor at at age 22 and then I did a couple of years of junior doctor in Queensland before moving to to Victoria and it was there that I guess my medical career sort of took off at the same time I started playing footy and I got accepted on to a competitive specialty training program in in obstetrics and gynaecology and I'm now in my final 12 months of of that training program and and then looking to be a specialist consultant obstetrician and gynaecology by the end of next year which is sort of a a long time coming because it it has been a long road and there's been exams and assessments along the way and I've somehow ridiculously completed a master's in reproductive medicine (laughs) in the last two years as well on top of everything else so I'm looking forward to having just a bit of a break and just enjoying my work without having to worry about exams and assessments anymore. I'm not going to say this too loudly because I don't (laughs) think your partner wants to hear it but I take it you're the type of person that even once the study's finished you're yeah. going to fill it with something else because being busy is all that you know <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right and um no doubt i'm sure they'll find something to keep me busy but yeah like now that i've finished this master's i'm like oh I've, what am i going to do now even though i've got heaps of things i can do i can do a lot more training and probably sleep that would be a good thing that i probably <laughs> should spend a bit more time doing but yeah look i'm just used to being busy and i've been busy my entire life ever since you know leaving high school and I guess I'm just trying to be efficient and maximise and make the most out of every ounce of time I have during the day. And, yeah, I'm just used to jamming it full of stuff. (laughs) Do you worry about injuries? Like, as you're going deeper and deeper into your um, obstetrics career and your footy's ramping up as well Mm. and, I guess, the intensity and stakes of football are increasing with it, have you worried about getting Um, injured and what it might mean? I've had lots of people ask me about my worry with injuries. I can't personally say it's something that keeps me awake at night worrying there are you know occasions if you jar your finger or something you're like oh I've got to operate in a couple of days so I hope that's not gonna make me feel too sore oh, look I've, so you're more worried about you being sore than the patient yeah 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 um <laughs> I, I'm pretty well look, they go hand in hand yeah, pretty hand in hand I want to make that I can look Pardon after the them pun. as best as possible but yeah I like I've had a bad injury I had lacerated my kidney in oh. 2015 when I played I with Melbourne yeah time, you yeah. were there and I was pretty sick of that and that meant that I couldn't work I could only be on light duties at work for about three months and that obviously did have a big impact on my career but ever since then I've been pretty good and I think it sort of comes in hand in hand if you look after your body and you eat right and you train and you're physically strong then I think 
in turn, you know, you're going to be able to, particularly within my job, be able to actually perform your professional career um, to the best of your ability. And particularly with the operating that I do, I need to be strong. I need to have endurance and I need to be able to have sustained energy. And I think I'd do a pretty good job at that. There are times where you sort of feel a bit tired or you've got a bit of a, I don't know, a sore muscle because you've been training hard or and you sort of worry that that might sort of impact upon your your career or your, your professional duties. But I've been pretty lucky that it hasn't impacted me too much. Getting back to how you juggle it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the year that the Western Bulldogs, who's the team that you were yeah. playing for in AFLW, won the premiership, that to get to training you had to voluntarily do night shift the entire time yeah. just to guarantee that you could do all the training. How do you... When do you sleep? Oh, <laughs> Is I that true, what I yeah, said? Yeah, no, no, you're right. So I, I recognise that obviously the balance of having to make the trainings and, and, and obviously then the games, I would have to do something for my colleagues to help them out so that they could help me in return. And so part of that was taking more night shifts on and I was doing a night shift during the day, uh, sorry, night shift at night time, sleeping during the day and then going to training and then going back to night shifts that night. And looking back to it, I sort of can't believe that I did it. During it, I sort of just did it. I didn't think too much about what was happening, you know, coming forward. But um, I don't actually sleep very much. I probably become very good at not having to rely on too much sleep. And I think you know obviously many years of study and having to balance study sport and work once my head hits the pillow I'm pretty out of it and (laughs) just try and maximize again that efficiency of of sleep and maximize the time I'm asleep. You've touched on a few times that you've just taken a big move up to Mm. Brisbane where we are now and you got a new job at the Royal Brisbane Hospital Mm. what did that mean for your footy? That was a big um, impact on my footy um, and not a decision that I took lightly and I was quite worried about how that would impact my my footy career. Um, I was pretty keen to be a one-club player. I loved the Bulldogs. I still love the Bulldogs and obviously winning pre- premiership there and the relationships you build not only with the players but the staff was something that I still really hold very dear to me. But I also knew that for my professional career I needed to make this move and it's definitely from a professional point of view been the best decision I've made. And so I had to obviously make a decision about trying to move to a club up here and Gold Coast Suns um, offered me an amazing opportunity and I guess the experience that I've have I've had at the Western Bulldogs in Victorian football is going to be really valuable to a very new and um, upcoming team. So I'm sort of just embracing this next chapter of my footy and don't really know sort of what particular role or position in the team I'll play. I'm sort of just sort of embracing as it comes and hoping to learn, you know, I'll, I'll learn a lot of the way, but also be able to part a lot of knowledge and experience on the younger girls as well. It's pretty admirable that despite what you've achieved, having won a premiership with the yeah. Bulldogs and now big job in terms of what you can do in obstetrics that you've taken on now at Royal Brisbane yeah admirable that with the workload and pressure of work life that you've still got the drive to continue your AFL career and take up a position with a startup club in Gold Coast where does that drive come from like why most people would say you've won the premiership you're about to go into something really serious in your career just leave it at that have you felt that sentiment off anyone in your family or people um, around you it was and probably one of my senior colleagues um at one of the hospitals down in victoria that said look medicine will always be there for you and you will spend the next 30 years being a doctor you only have this one opportunity right now and make the most of it and that was something that probably really sort of resonated with me and so i'm just trying to make the most of this opportunity i don't know how long 
I'll still be in the football scene and so I'm just trying to make sure that I squeeze every ounce of value out of the opportunities that I have within footy and I feel pretty blessed and humbled that I could you know obviously be there from the beginning of the inaugural AFLW competition and to have played a role in I guess sort of helping build um, what the competition looks like over the next couple of years. I'm going to leave it there because yeah. you told me earlier that we're going running at 5.30 <laughs> yeah. in the morning before you start work at 7.30. So I think it's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll continue this chat tomorrow <laughs> in, in, in the whole time before you start work at yeah. 7.30. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Coming up, we'll find plenty more about Tiana Ernst when she drags me out on a 5.30am run and we complete the AFL Records pocket profile. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. This week I'm in Brisbane at the new home of AFLW Premiership winner Tiana Ernst. She's taken up a key obstetrics position at a top Brisbane hospital and that's taken her to the Gold Coast Suns where she continues her AFLW dream. Well, Tiana, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Rise and shine. Uh, Rise and shine. It's 5.40 in the morning and Tiana's taking me running. <laughs> Just a normal start to the day in the life of this obstetrician slash AFLW player that squeezed in a quick running session before a shift at yeah, the hospital at 7.30, but... You must find this weather pretty motivating. Well, it's probably the best thing about being in Queensland, to be honest. Um, it makes getting up at this time of morning pretty easy. It's a good start to the day, get the endorphins running, um, and you feel like you've really done the, the exercise that you need to for the day before you've even started. Segment three in This Is Grit, we always take a bit of a uh, shift of gears and do the pocket profile out oh, of the yeah. AFL record. Oh, yeah. It's probably a good thing, given we're both half asleep. Yep. So I'll kick off. Yep. Um, have you got any pre-game superstitions or routines? Um, not really. I've, I've heard this question be asked before and nothing really. Just smashed avo and some poached eggs on toast <laughs> in the morning of, of the game. But nothing really else. I like to probably put my... Now that I think about it, I probably put my right sock on before my left sock. But I can't say that's something that's won or lost me a, uh, won or lost me a game. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not, too, not too bad. I'm pretty relaxed. I can't imagine you could because... You, your lead up would always be different Absolutely. depending on oh, your ship. Definitely, definitely with work you never know what you've done the night before before going to training or a game and um, I've definitely had some pretty strange contrasts of um, experiences you know delivering babies the night before and then playing in a in a you know very important game the next day it's uh, always a bit strange and a bit different. Uh, what's the greatest individual effort you've ever seen on a footy field? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm just trying to think about uh, probably an AFLW, um, a Libby Birch or a Chelsea Randall um, making a bit of a absolutely, um, you know, um, game-saving spoil. Um, it's probably one of the, the greatest feats that I've probably ever seen, but um, I haven't... I can't really think of one thing off the <laughs> top of my head. As long as I can see, like, someone working really, really hard and it makes a difference to the game, I think I probably get pretty inspired by that. Are you a footy head? This isn't out of the record, obviously, but are you, like, a footy fan yourself? Yeah, definitely a footy fan. Uh, fan of football. Couldn't say that I'm, like, you know, a passionate fan for one particular f- team. Obviously, being at the Doggies for three years, I had a 
pretty strong, um, you know, strong support for the for the boys team, particularly with their success in 2016. Um, but I think I'm just a yeah strong strong supporter of footy and particularly women's football. Uh, what's the best rule in footy, in your opinion? The best rule. Um, I I like the um, free kick for the chase down tackle. I think it's reward for effort. And the worst oh. rule. Um, Pushing the back, particularly as a defender, you're not meaning to push them in the back, but you have to get <laughs> called up for that, and that's pretty annoying. Yeah. Uh, favorite meal the night before a game? You told us your favorite breakfast pre-game, but what about? Yeah, probably night a, probably a pasta or a risotto. Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah, probably a pasta or a risotto before the before the the night, and big big carb load and a bit of chicken, and yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah. <laughs> The question says which teammate should appear on The Bachelor, but I'll go with which teammate should appear on The Bachelorette. Bachelorette? <laughs> Either at oh. the Doggies because you knew them well or the yeah. Suns, your new team. But tread carefully. You don't oh, want to throw goodness. anyone under the bus too soon. Um, <laughs> I always thought Nicole Callerman would make a pretty mm. amazing Bachelorette. Good nomination. Was, um, yeah, pretty, a bit of a, um, yeah, I think a bit of a dark horse. Um, <laughs> absolutely beautiful and glamorous regardless of her just, you know, you know, smashing out a really hard training session. She always looked really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, I'll probably pick her. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> what about which teammate would be most likely to succeed after football? Six- Other than yourself, oh, during football, that is. These are hard questions. Succeed. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think Izzy Huntington. Um, she's young. She's got her head switched on. Um, and she's got some pretty exciting ideas about what she'd like to achieve in her life. And she also wants to be a doctor, so I'm probably a little bit biased about that. <laughs> um, Favourite Netflix series? Netflix. Um, oh, I actually, this is probably coming from my um, my professional career ex- um, experience. Sex Education is actually a very informative <laughs> Netflix series if anyone wants to know a lot about uh, women's health. Uh, it has a lot about on it, and it's just a, it's just about um, young teenagers, teenagers growing up, uh, learning about themselves and about the impacts that I don't know relationships have on them and their families as well. Um, and I quite enjoyed it. It was only one series, and I don't have very much time to watch Netflix, so it's probably the only one I've been able to squeeze in. I didn't expect you to answer. Um, I thought half expected you to say what's Netflix. Yeah, well, to be honest, <laughs> it's um, it's it's yeah, few and far between. I get time to be able to do that. Uh, favorite animal. Favorite animal? Oh, I love ducks. I grew up. Um, I ducks. actually, I actually um, bred ducks when I was a teenager, and that was sort of what my hobby was, I guess. And so I had lots of different breeds of ducks. Great. Um, so I have a yeah big fascination for ducks, and I love my greyhound. She's a very weird individual, but <laughs> um, she's yeah very cute and cuddly when she wants to, and then goes running with me when she also wants to. <laughs> Well, this isn't in the record, obviously, but follow-on question from that. What's your favourite duck? If it's favourite a, duck? If you were a breeder, break yeah. it down for us. Um, so I like the um, the um, khaki campbells. Um, so the male have a really green, beautiful green head. And the females um, are just brown and speckled and they've, they're really pretty. And I had khaki campbells and um, my male khaki campbell won me the grand champion at the Mossman Country Show when I was 12. <laughs> years old so I have a bit of a soft spot for khaki camels. You're an overachiever aren't you? <laughs> uh, 
Favorite possession, like most pri prized Favorite possession. Um, I think probably my grand final medals probably getting up there now. I do pull it up out every now and then, and then obviously moving up to Queensland, packing and everything like that. You go through your possessions trying to figure it out, and it's probably pretty special now. Um, probably before that, my grandmother's um, piano is probably the only other thing that. It's technically mine, but not with me. But um, yeah, I, I grew up learning how to play piano on my grandmother's um, piano, and yeah, so probably my grand final, uh, grand final medal and piano. That's a bit yep. of a contrast. <laughs> what scares you? And this is the last one because you're about to run me around this yeah. athletics track. But yep. is there anything that scares you? Scares me. I can tell you that this running session is going to scare me. <laughs> no, running doesn't scare me. I like running. I'm not a great fan of heights, actually. Hmm. Um, like. When I was younger, we used to go camping with my brothers and we, you know, jump out of trees into water holes, but I, I couldn't do that. I just, the whole idea of letting go out, you know, jumping, um, skydiving would probably be another of those experiences. Just the idea of letting go to sort of go, and I know, just let go uh, is something that probably scares me inside. I have to get pushed by my brothers out of the tree <laughs> rather than jumping out of the trees. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Up next, AFLW star Tiana Ernst takes me to work with her at the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital where I'll get an insight into the incredible work she does as an obstetrician. On SEN, This Is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. My guest this week is AFLW Premiership player Tiana Ernst. When she's not dominating on the footy field as a defender, she's dominating as an obstetrician. So the running session's done about an hour ago. Uh, breakfast done, shower. We're now at the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital and... Probably my favourite quote so far of this chat is Tiana telling me that the only thing bad about running at 5.30 in the morning is that her face goes red and she's then going to have a red face at work all day. But apparently it doesn't matter today because she's operating all day. Um, what is first thing this morning now that we're at work? Yeah, so um, probably a coffee and then we'll head straight to the theatre. Uh, I've got an operating list all day. I've got two big cases. Um, probably both cases will probably take... Oh, anywhere between three to four hours each um, so hopefully it'll be done by five o'clock this afternoon but you sort of never know when you're operating and as to how long it'll take um, yeah so I'll see my patients before they go into theatre and then scrub up and, and get to work. So just having lived your life for an evening and then this morning you must get very good at um, kind of switching in and out of your two different lives mm. so now that you're here all of the footy kind of thinking about what training you have to do and what's next and what's coming does it just go away and you focus now on what's at hand and vice versa like how do you compartmentalize what's going on in your other life mm. once you're here and have to focus pretty hard on yeah. what you're doing um, I think probably just experience has allowed me to do that much better than I had been previously um, I think probably getting the exercise done in the morning helps so you don't have to worry about that or stress that it's on your mind oh, I've got to do that running session I'm, I'm gonna you know fall behind in terms of the training that I'd like to get done um, but I think I guess you know you're trained in medicine to be able to focus particularly on one thing uh, and focus all your energy into that and I think that probably allows me to sort of flick in and out of obviously footy mode as well as doctor mode. Um, I do forget at times that I'm trying to also you know be an athlete on the side and, and vice versa sometimes I forget 
you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm the best doctor possible as well when I'm, you know, training and, and I sort of forget about everything else that I've got to do when I get to work. Um, but I think probably just experience has gotten, allowed me to sort of, to be able to flick in and out of that. But it definitely makes it easier because you could consume a lot of energy worrying about both the, you know, the two aspects of my life, that's for sure. Um, fairly significant push at the moment to make AFLW fully professional mm. and I guess if you asked 90% mm. of the playing population that's what they'd want mm. um, what would that mean for you though? Yeah look it's a, quick, a difficult question and um, I've had a similar conversation with a couple of other players the other day like if we want to continue to you know I guess push the length of the season then there will come a breaking point where players who are trying to still balance full-time study or work it's it you can't do both and it, it look it's it's really hard and it, I'm not saying it's easy at all it's it's actually you know very very hard and I have to make lots of other sacrifices in my life and I think there will come a point where um, I will have to make a decision I'm very blessed with where I'm in my professional career that I if I needed to take six months off so that I can continue playing footy then maybe I need to do that um, I don't think I'm quite at that stage yet but it's getting close because the demands that we're expected to to, to put on our bodies and, and the time that it takes for footy is is, um, is definitely eating into the time that it takes to be you know the best professional that you can be in your workplace is it sustainable what you're doing so even if it stayed in exactly the same format as it is now, would you be able to maintain what you're doing or do you feel it taking a toll? Um, I think it's definitely starting to take a toll um, three seasons into it. Um, I'm definitely better at it than I had previously been, um, but it's starting better to take its toll. Managing better at managing it. Better yeah. at managing the time um, and better able to manage those sort of conf conflicting interests. Um, but it, it's really hard and, and I'm sort of just taking every season as it comes. I don't have a long-term goal as to continue this balance for many, many more years. I think I'll just have to see what happens and I guess see how the competition plays out, how my body reacts to the, the two demands. I'm also, as I said previously, you know, medicine will always be there. So if it does mean that I need to take a bit of time off from, from work, then I think I, I should do that because I'm not going to be able to turn around in five years' time and say, hey, I've got that time to now be an athlete. Let's go and do that. It'll be... Um, yeah, I won't be able to have that opportunity. So it's um, making the most of the opportunities now and I think it's important to keep reflecting on where you are and I guess how much energy it's it's burning and I definitely feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends at times. Um, so it, it, you have to constantly reassess to see where you're at with that to make sure you're doing the right thing. Is that the biggest challenge, you think, for yep. athletes or what would you say is the biggest challenge? Yeah, I think particularly... Or for AFLW yeah, athletes, I yeah. should say, with where it's at. Yeah, I think for female AFLW athletes at, at, at where the competition is at the moment and um, obviously not having the remuneration to be able to make that your full-time living, I think... It is, a, it is a hard balance. I know of lots of other friends that are having a challenge to, um, to, you know, to balance those demands of study or work as well as trying to be the best athlete. And it, it is really hard. And um, I think everyone's finding it just as difficult as I am. Um, and with the hours that you have to put in for both demands, it, it's um, only going to increasingly get harder. Sort of a bit of a sidestep now. Um, I, I just became interested, like thinking about the growing... Uh, profile and I guess popularity of women's sports not just in AFLW but all of them and having been through a pregnancy myself you're probably the best person to ask because yeah. you get to see both um, I guess obstetrics and the professional sporting world what do you think it's like a growing area of um, both research and service delivery that's going to become a, a more um, I can't think of the word but 
like a growing area of interest that lots of female athletes are going to be wanting to have babies and having been through it there wasn't a lot of specific information out there what's your take on it where's that space within obstetrics mm. and I guess women having families and trying to do it alongside a sport where's that heading I think I'm probably in the perfect position to have a, a personal interest in that obviously with you know seeing athletes and um, even seeing you sort of go through your pregnancy and then obviously get back to playing footy um, I, it's definitely an area of, of growing interest and I think there's going to be a demand for um, clinicians and, and professionals that have that expertise in being able to support female athletes to get back to whatever sport they want to do like we've seen Serena William gets back and play at professional level for for tennis and I think if you've got that that expertise and that ability to support athletes then um, it's going to be a, a pretty niche market where you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of athletes you know wanting to, to for you to help them sort of carry pregnancies and then support them postpartum as well to make sure that they can continue that balance of obviously having a family as well as you know doing the sport that they love yeah because just having lived through it there wasn't a great deal of information out there and no one had that huge amount of confidence in terms of being able to guide you on what you could do what was too much what was not enough so i think it's probably something a bit of a watch this space space (laughs) um because yeah it's it's only going to become um, more needed with the, the greater amount of female athletes now having the opportunity to play at an elite level. Yeah, absolutely. I think there definitely needs a bit more research done and it's definitely an area that I'm very interested in. Um, and, yeah, look, I think that's probably the kind of area that I see myself sort of working in um, in the next couple of years, you know, moving forward once I sort of probably do hang up the boots eventually. Um, I want to make sure that I can support those athletes to be the best, you know, mother and, and, and family person as possible but also be the best athlete and support them to be able to continue that journey well that's a good segue i was about to ask (laughs) what is the next challenge i mean (laughs) personally i think what you're doing right now is a good enough challenge and maybe just sit tight for a while but knowing how you think (laughs) i'm sure you've got something on your mind in terms of what's next yeah, um, every now and then I think, oh, I'd love to... My challenge would be to have a bit of a good break, so have a bit of a time off. Um, no, look, I think, yeah, once I get my um, specialty letters, which will make me a fully qualified specialist and be able to have private practice... Um, which is when? When? Do yeah, you in 12 months' time. Yep. Yeah, so that'll be good and exciting opportunities to be able to obviously potentially open a private practice and, and hopefully potentially look at, you know, servicing women that... Um, looking after women that do have those sort of similar interests that I have in keeping an active life lifestyle um so yeah probably a bit of part-time um private work bit of part-time public work i really like educating the next generation of doctors and it's an area that i'm really passionate about um but no doubt i think i still have my foot in the door with with footy when i eventually do hang up the boots um not sure when that will be yet um but i'm sure i'll still have a big um, part to play in terms of wellness and advocacy for um female equality and, and supporting that next generation of aflw athletes as well what are you most proud of in your career? I won't specify which one. Um, I'll leave it up to you. What's What makes you most proud of what you've been able to achieve so far? Look, I'm pretty proud of my balance. Um, and as I said, it's not easy, but um, I'm really proud that I've been able to demonstrate um, that it makes me both a better doctor as well as a better athlete. And that both, I guess, com- competing or, or uh, side 
you know, careers have actually enhanced my other other careers. So I think being an athlete makes me a better doctor, and I think it's helped me thrive within my professional career. And vice versa, I think the um, I guess the attributes that you get from discipline and professionalism with professionalism within doctor being a, being a doctor allows me to um, really make the most of my training and, and be the best athlete as I can. And I I'm very proud that I've been able to sort of demonstrate that balance and of. Um, been able to demonstrate to people that you know you can do it if you you put everything into it. Tiana, thanks so much for your time and sharing your story. It's been great catching up. Go well in your two surgeries today, and good luck with your season, your first season with the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great, and um, yeah, so great to catch up. And um, yeah, best of luck for season coming up as well. I'll see you on the footy field. <laughs> Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. A massive thank you to Tiana Ernst for not only taking us inside her life as an AFLW star and getting me out for an early morning run, but also for taking us inside her work life as well, into the hospital and giving us an insight into what life is like as an obstetrician. My very special guest next week is the number one tennis player in the country and the number one tennis player in the world. The incredible Ash Barty. So don't miss that. 7pm next Wednesday night on SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.